65% of Americans are homeowners in the year of 2021, and many homeowners are pulling money out of their properties in the form of cash out refinances and HELOCs due to needing cash after this year's pandemic. A lot of homeowners are also capitalizing on the high market rates and they're selling their homes and receiving tax credits and deductions for doing so. My name is Carlton Dennis and a part of this video today, we're gonna be discussing the tax benefits that you receive when you decide to sell your primary residence. A lot of taxpayers have heard of this whole $250,000 or half a million dollars that you could receive in tax deductions. I wanna make sure that you understand what you receive come 2021. Let's get started. Now, certain taxpayers who have lived in their home for a certain period of time are gonna receive certain tax benefits by the government. And part of the reason why is because when you're living in a home and you're not trying to sell it immediately, the government wants to incentivize you for paying property taxes, and you might even be in a place where you're paying local tax, which is city tax. If you're a homeowner and you're living in your home and you decide to sell it, maybe your property has appreciated in value so you know you're gonna have a gain associated with you selling your home. Well, the government is here to help you. You're the best. No, I'm just here to help. Underneath code section 121, this allows homeowners who are single to receive a $250,000 exclusion from capital gains tax on the sale of their primary residence. And if you're a married individual, it goes from $250,000 upwards to $500,000 if you're filing a joint tax return. Show me the money! So let's go over what the qualifications are to receive this half a million dollar exclusion or 250,000 if we're single. All right, now in layman's terminology, the government has made it pretty easy. The government is stating that if we have a primary residence that we have lived in two out of the last five years of ownership, that we can receive this section 121 exclusion. But we need to define what the tests are in order to make sure that we're receiving this deduction. The government has listed out two different tests that we have to follow in order to make sure that we get the section 121 exclusion. Let's discuss them. The two tests that we need to understand are the ownership test and the use test. Let's talk about the ownership test first. This one's the easiest test. The government wants to make sure that you are on title for at least two out of the five years that you've had that property. So you need to own that property and live in that property for two out of the five years of ownership. So if you are someone who might have a property underneath an LLC or a property in another family member's name, this will exclude you from being able to qualify for the ownerships test. Second test, the use test. The use test is pretty simple. However, this is the test that most taxpayers mess up. The government wants to make sure that you are living in the home two out of the five years, but the use of your home does not need to be consecutive years. So what this means is, is that I can move into a primary residence, live in that primary residence in the first year of ownership, rent it out for three years, and then move back into that property in the fourth year, stay in that property all the way throughout. So I've completed five years of ownership. Two years of me living in that property will be for primary purposes. However, the other three years will be for rental purposes. This will still qualify underneath the section 121 exclusion in order to receive either 250,000 or the half 
a million dollar exclusion on your tax returns. High five, low five, down low, too slow. I think our work here is done. Now, let's talk about taxpayers who have occupancy of less than two years. What happens? Well, if you have occupancy of less than two years, technically you don't qualify for the Section 121 exclusion. However, there are some caveats or situations in where you'll still be able to receive a portion of this benefit. Maybe you had to move out of your primary residence due to employment reasons. You got a new job, which required you to move and uplift where you were living. This is another reason in which you will qualify to still receive a portion of the 121 exclusion. Another reason that you might run into might be health-related reasons. If you have health issues that have caused you to no longer be able to reside in your primary residence, this is also a reason that you might still qualify for the Section 121 exclusion. Another circumstance is for military members and armed forces. Certain military intelligence communities and Peace Corps volunteers may suspend the five-year test by up to 10 additional years if on qualified unofficial extended duty while serving at a duty station that is at least 50 miles from his or her main home or living in the government quarters under government orders. So these are some of the special situations in which we can still qualify to get that 121 exclusion, even though we may not have been living in that primary residence for the full two years out of the five years. All right, let's discuss death of a spouse rule. If you sell your home after your spouse dies within two years after your spouse dies and you haven't remarried as of the sell date, you can count any time when your spouse owned the home as time you owned it and any time when the home was your spouse's residence as time when it was your residence. So this is just another little small exclusion in the tax code that I just wanna make sure that you guys were aware of. Now, understanding the 121 section exclusion can be a little bit complex. It gets easier when we're going over examples. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump into my iPad and I'm gonna go over three examples with you guys so you guys have a better idea of how the 121 exclusion works as well as what happens if you decided to take business use of your home office inside of your primary residence and then resell. Let's talk about it. All right, now that we've gone over the section 121 and the two tests that we need to make sure that we qualify to get this exclusion, we're gonna talk through some examples. And part of the reason why is just because there's so many situations that come up that just don't revolve around just hearing 250,000, half a million. Maybe you've decided to move out of your house, maybe decided to put a home office in there. There are certain things that you've decided to do. So I wanna make sure that we go over some examples. All right, we got question number one. Question number one says that the section 121 excludes gain from the sell of a blank. Here are the possible answers that you guys have. We have S corporation stock, a main home, a vacation home, or inherited land. 10 seconds, let's go. Okay, 10 seconds are up. Let's jump in. You guys know that we've been talking about primary residences today, so we can take S Corporation stock off the table. This section 121 excludes gain from the sale of a main home. Not a vacation home, not a secondary home, your main home in which you reside. The government wants to incentivize you, but they're gonna incentivize you on a property that they know you're living in, and it needs to be a property that you're living in for the last two out of five years. Let's jump into question number two. All right, question number two states that Janine and Scott moved into their current house in 2001. It was the first house that they had ever owned and they held it until it was sold in February of 2004. It had a tax basis of $200,000, but it was sold for 460 grand. In November of the same year, they bought a new house 63 miles away 
for $290,000. Now, what impact does selling of their personal residence have on their taxable income for 2004, their jointly filed tax return? I'm gonna read this one one more time and then I'll give you guys 10 seconds to answer. Janine and Scott moved into their current house in 2001. It was their first house they've ever owned and they are gonna sell it in 2004, okay? So that's three years later. It had a tax basis of $200,000, but it was sold for $460,000. In November of the same year, they buy a new house that's 63 miles away for $290,000. What impact does selling their personal residence have on their taxable income from 2004? Clock's ticking. <laughs> Do you have your answer yet? Let's dive in. All right, guys. Now that I've given you guys some time to formulate your answers, you guys should know that the first thing that you can identify is that this was their primary residence, so that they were living in that house. They bought the house in 2001, and they didn't sell it in 2004, and they only lived in the same house. So they lived in the house two out of the five years of ownership, right? They had it for two years, okay? And they lived in it for two years, so they meet the qualifications to get the exclusion. Now we need to see how much taxable income they're gonna have. Well, they had a tax basis of 200,000, but then they sold their house for 460. 460 minus 200,000 is 260K, guys. If they were single, they would get a 250, if he were, Janine and Scott were single, then there would only be a $250,000-121 exclusion. However, they're married, so they get a half a million dollar exclusion. Half a million dollars, 260 in gain. That means that they're not gonna pay any taxes. So the answer in this question, guys, would be letter A, it'd be zero. See, going over taxes can be very fun, but having it in an example format is how you really absorb information. So make sure that whoever you choose to be your tax strategist, whoever is coaching you on how to leverage the tax codes, right, that's your tax strategist, Make sure they teach you examples. It's so much easier to understand. Let's go into question number three. All right, question number three states that when determining gain on the sale of a main home, a taxpayer must meet ownership and use tests, which we learned about earlier. Which of the following is not a consideration? A, taxpayer must have owned the house a minimum of two years. Hmm. Taxpayer must have occupied the home for a minimum of 24 months out of the five years ending on the date of sale. C, owner occupancy must be consecutive or D, members of the military may suspend the five-year test by up to 10 years if on qualified official extended duty. 10 seconds. All right, did you get your answer? Let's dive in. When determining gain on the sale of a main home, a taxpayer must meet the ownership test and the use test. We figured out the ownership test and the use test really weren't that hard, right? Actually owning the property in your own name and then just staying in it for two out of the five years that you had it. Pretty simple, right? So letter A is correct, right? Taxpayer must have owned the house for a minimum of two years, but letter B is also correct too, right? Which is 24 months, two years out of five years, right? But then we go down to letter D, which was one of those exclusions that I told you guys about. Military, military have the ability to suspend the five-year test by up to 10 years. So we know that A, B, and D are correct. But one thing I want you guys to know about this whole ownership test is that you don't have to be consecutive. So letter C, 
is gonna be the correct answer for this because we know that we don't have to live in the primary residence consecutively. We just need to make sure that the, a total of five years that we've had the property, that at least two out of the five years that we had the property, that it was used as a primary residence. As long as we are meeting these qualifications, we will receive the 121 exclusion without fear of the IRS. Do you hear me? I'm not afraid anymore. All right, now that we've gotten through those three questions, we're gonna head into the bonus round. I have a question here for you guys that might surprise you. In certain cases, you might still end up paying taxes even though you have that half a million dollar exclusion or $250,000 exclusion and your gain is less than that. So let's talk about this one. This question states that Robert purchased a home for 150K in 2009. He sold it though for 350K, including $100,000 of land in 2020. This was his primary residence until it was sold, so that's good to know. However, Robert claimed one-fifth of his home as office for his self-employed business. He claimed a total of $6,000 in depreciation over the five years. The $150,000 purchase price was assessed at $90,000 to the building, $60,000 to the land. Calculate Robert's taxable income as a result of the sale of the primary residence. All right, team, you're on. You got 10 seconds. I'll let you go. Here's a tip. You don't need a ruler, pencil, or even a calculator for this example. All right, time's up. Were you able to figure out the answer? The answer is letter A, $6,000. Let's talk about why the answer is letter A. When Robert decided to buy his house, he purchased it for $150,000 and he sold it for $350,000. So we know that there was a gain. However, Robert gets the exclusion if it's a primary residence. And this example showed us that this was a primary residence until it was sold. However, Robert was a self-employed business owner, so he used a portion of his house, actually one-fifth of his house, 20%, um, as business use. And over the course of time, from the moment he had his house to the moment he sold his house, he claimed $6,000 in depreciation, which means he took the amount of the home office and deducted it over time, which was depreciation. Anytime that you are claiming depreciation on your primary residence, which means you have a home office, you have to recapture depreciation as taxable income. So the answer is A, Robert is gonna have a taxable income of $6,000 because he was using a portion of his home for business purpose. Guys, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this learning section here with me today on what the taxes are when you are deciding to sell your primary residence and some of the benefits you can receive under the section 121 exclusion. But if you have any questions or any special scenarios, I encourage you to schedule a complimentary consultation with my tax team below, or you can schedule a coaching call with me one-on-one. -on -one. I loved doing this video for you, but I look forward to doing more videos. So if you don't mind, feel free to leave me a comment on some other videos that you'd like me to do, and I look forward to seeing you guys on the next one. Take care. Yeah.